0: Hi, this is Jeannie Patel-Tonson of ListenToYourGut.com. I specialize in natu- natural healing for digestive diseases. And today I am talking with Mark Silver from HeartOfBusiness.com. Now Mark, on your website, you, in your bio, you, one of the first things you say about yourself is that you are a business consultant and a healer. And those are two words you don't often see in the same sentence.
1: <laughs> it's true. I haven't seen them that often. <laughs> like no, that.
0: I and and I know from your and I'm on your list of course, so I know about your um background as a Sufi teacher and leader. But can you tell us about why would you because business and healing are not two things that go together in people's mind. So, could you just talk to us a little bit about that, and, and talk to us about, you know, why are you putting those two concepts together, and how can uh, business or what you do to earn a
1: living be healing mm-hmm. or not? Well, it's a good question. I, I'm actually happy to say that in the in the ten years that I've been doing this, uh, I guess a little over ten years that I've been doing this. Uh, it's actually been more and more common to see those things come together. People, there's been a, a space really opening up, uh, consciousness or awareness that that there's in fact not a schism between healing or the divine or spirit and and the business world. But the business world is just like everything else in the material world, and it's you know it comes from spirit, and that's that's kind of how it is. And it's, uh, it's there's just been a marvelous evolution over the last few decades really one of my one of my good friends Martin Root who um was uh one of the people who really coined the whole term uh spirituality in the workplace back in the early 80s um has been a part of the, one of the you know earlier people at least in this modern age of bringing that together so i've i've been really pleased to see that that really coming coming out in the culture and um, in particular, it feels like it's a really important piece to acknowledge because in the Sufi teachings, you know, I, I am, uh, I, I do practice in a Sufi lineage. I am a designated master teacher in my lineage, and and they, uh, the teachings from my lineage say that the biggest thing that can knock you off your spiritual path can be fear about your provision, fear for how you make a living. You know, it's like right. that sense of security is so strong that it's considered one of the largest or the largest obstacle on a, in a spiritual life. And at the same time, my particular lineage um, has a pretty strong value around people supporting themselves you know it's it's not a monastic tradition it's a be in the world support yourself have a job you know be you know or have a business you know be in everyday life and witness the divine from that place and it right. it, it it's come to me that it's extremely important in fact critical that we bring this sense of awareness of divi- of divinity and oneness and love um back into the business world i mean it's actually already there but we need to we need to recognize that it's there because the absence of the absence of it over the last couple of centuries or more has actually wreaked incredible damage on our planet and it it really doesn't have to be that way
0: i would i would definitely agree with that and i think i mean I think for anybody listening to this you're probably preaching to the choir on that one but mm-hmm. I want to go back to what you said about um the biggest fear that people have is is about their um security uh, in right. in a financial sense because of course being financially secure leads to health security and physical security and mm-hmm. being able to raise your children and give them what they need and what they would like to have and all the rest of it mm-hmm. and i was i'll I'll backtrack a little bit i was speaking with um a spiritual leader from israel And he said that um, there was the latest, actually the latest research um, just in January of 2010 on CBS News. They had done a survey and they had found out that um, only 45% of Americans were happy with their job and what they were doing, which means 55% are not. And he was saying, well, this is you know the major one of the major causes of the recession because when you have all that negative energy surrounding money how is money going to grow and flourish does that is that something that resonates with you
1: yeah i mean i i think that i would um yeah i th- i think that when we have a sense of despair around uh what we what we're doing how we're being productive in the world because human beings have a have a, a legitimate and innate need to be of service and to be productive and to contribute when we're spending most of our working hours in a in a line of work or in some kind of a profession where we don't feel like we're truly contributing and we're not truly being of service and it's not enlivening us in that way Then that then despair can come in, and uh, my my teacher says that one of the most important medicines for the human being is hope, and if we're not able to access that sense of hope, then it it, despair can have a a very insidious effect on uh, on the human ego, on the on on how the human acts, and when we when we have that sense of disconnection and that despair, then we start to not care as much about the larger world you know we start to try to just take care of ourselves you know we we start to retreat into our sense of oh my god it's not working out something's not working i have to take care of myself and that's when you know people start doing things whether it's the ceo in the corner office who's making decisions that's you know that's that's hurting you know many many people or someone at a much lower station in a company that's Maybe stealing, or somebody who uh you know stealing from the company, even if it's relatively minor, or someone who's running their own business who cuts corners in their marketing or 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 gets scared about making a living, and so they decide to um let integrity you know to start that slippery slide off the slope of integrity and and their marketing isn't entirely honest thinking that oh i i just need to take care of myself and and this starts to feed on itself in the economy and then you start to have the bubble that we saw that then burst it's really um it's really a vicious cycle that that you can get into
0: i like i like what you've said too how you've how you've mapped out that this same feeling and fear is all relative because I think mm-hmm. a lot of people think, you know, they look at the other people around them and they say, well, if I was making X amount of money, I wouldn't have this fear anymore. Right. right? And they, they think that, that the, the resolution of the fear is tied to the money coming in or the money in the bank account and they don't realize that it's all relative. It's like on a sliding scale and the higher you go, you know, everything can change. You can have more money and my father is, you know, just a perfect example of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um he lost his entire savings twice in his life once because he was forced to leave a country and not allowed to take any money with him so he went from you know fairly wealthy to zero and then the second time he built up built up his money again and um he his his brothers stole it from him actually <laughs> so he went back to zero again oh, yeah. and so yeah and so in his mind and even today now he's built himself back up again He's a multimillionaire. He mm-hmm. lives still locked in that poverty, fear-based mentality.
1: Mm-hmm. And in,
0: instead of t- looking at the flip side of it going, hey, I've lost everything twice, and I can always make money. I can always come back. I don't have anything to fear. He's mm-hmm. taking the
1: opposite, which is oh, you I can lose anything go. at any time. Right, right right, yeah, I think it's I think this is absolutely true. you know it's the uh, fear is always available <laughs> there's no the only security from fear is the connection in the heart. The external circumstances will never remedy fear. That said, there are you know certain basic survival needs that help tremendously. I know that when my wife first got sick, she was chronically ill for for a long time. 10 years, and uh, I was a sole support, and the business wasn't really flying yet, Um, there was a level of anxiety that came in because of, um, you know, our basic needs were really, really at risk, and I did notice a certain relief that came in once we got to a point of okay our basic needs are okay you know it's like we have food right. on the table we've got a roof over our head we've got clothes on us and that doesn't seem to be at risk at the moment that's but beyond that, that beyond that there's no more does not you know help uh with that sense of existential fear that can come in at the you know into your gut and
0: so what did you do when you were at that place where your basic needs were not being met and you were, how did you keep the fear and the anxiety from consuming you or knocking you well, off the course?
1: Um, I didn't necessarily always, I wasn't always successful with that. There were, <laughs> of, there were plenty of moments where I was consumed with fear that I got really scared or that I got, um, you know, it's like, well, I think it's important to acknowledge and make space for the emotions that come in. And me trying to shut them down was actually part of a reason why they they got so big at times. Right. Um, I I have to be really frank that it was my spiritual practice was the only thing that really helped. Um, I There have been a number of different situations I've been in that have been extremely stressful. And each time, uh, my spiritual practices, I cling to them. It's the only way um that i know how to access love and compassion and mercy and a sense of certainty in my heart when the external world is not certain when things when things look really iffy the the challenge of course is to maintain that sense that knowledge when things are going well because it's very easy to think oh things are going well so therefore you know i'm not as dependent on spirit as i was when things didn't seem to be going well, but that's uh, you know that's part of the practice.
0: And if someone, let's say someone has reached the stage where they are saying, "Okay, you know what? This is this is degrading my health. It's degrading my relationships. I'm I'm a shell of a human being because every day I do something I don't like to do." and so maybe they've got to either um start their own business or they've got to transition to a different line of work or something mm-hmm. in your experience because i know you've been doing a lot of consulting for a long time um yeah. helping people be successful in your experience what is a better motivation for someone to make that change is it to is it co- sort of um i'm trying to explain this here is it sort of if the person says right enough's enough, you can't get any worse than that, I've just got to, you know, jump off and do it, and that whole, I guess, being more aggressive about it, or um, does it work better if someone is more, um, I guess, what am I trying to say here? If somebody is more... Like um, they plan I,
1: it out more and they take, take more time with it, perhaps? Yeah,
0: and, and maybe take carefully. just... Yes, and take baby steps and simultaneously yeah. work on, like you said, like they need to have whatever uh, their spiritual connection is. They need to work on getting that as strong as they can at the same time because, yeah. as they pointed out, that's what's going to support them. I have what, to admit, I am,
1: to- yeah, I'm not a big fan of cliff jumping. I am not a big fan of cliff jumping. And, what, I mean, I the only time I've supported people with cliff jumping is if they've spent time in spiritual practice and they just have a sense of complete clarity and guidance around it. And the timing just feels really right. And when they, when they, when, when the timing is right, uh, then cliff jumping doesn't even feel like cliff jumping. It feels like you're being carried from one thing to the next, you know? It's just like, oh, that door closed and this door opened and here we go. And even if it's a bumpy ride, it's, you know, we, my, my wife and I, when we moved to Portland, it wasn't about business, but it was just time to move to Portland and, and the door opened and we moved to Portland, Oregon. We were decided the middle of January and by March 1st, we were gone, you know, we were here and, uh, even though we landed in a house that was really toxic for her and we had to couch surf for a month and we lived in a tiny apartment for a while and then we finally landed in the house that we're in, and it was a really bumpy journey. There was never a moment that it felt like a cliff jump. It all felt like we were just being, like it was just, the timing was just right that we were being carried through that. And, and so if someone is feeling like they're backed up to a cliff and they have to jump, I really this is often where we really the 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 practitioners that we have here at heart of business and the way that we work with clients is to really encourage people to first take some time to work on that sense of feeling like they're backed up to the cliff like they have no choice that they that they can connect to their heart and have a deeper sense of security come inside their heart so they can feel like they have some spaciousness to move because starting a business um, is an incredible joy and, you know, there can be quite a you know a certain amount of work involved in yes. getting it up and running. And um, especially if you're struggling with chronic illness, I would want someone to really take baby steps if they can. I would want someone to... Um, take the time to see what kind of support they can drum up. you know if they do have a job that's paying the paying the bills to find some way to come to peace with that for the short term to use it as a way to help carry you into self employment rather than feeling like you have to escape it's um, it's something that I really uh really encourage people to to look at very closely before they decide to to jump off a cliff like that.
0: That's an excellent, excellent, uh, point of view on it. Now, I know we're, we're actually out of time, but I just need to slide in one more question here. Yes. um just because, you know, it fits so nicely. Something you hear time and time again is that it takes a certain type of person to be an entrepreneur. And entrepreneurs mm-hmm. need certain types of qualities. You know, they have to be comfortable uh. with risk. They have to be comfortable with
1: debt. What's your opinion on that? Well, it is. It's interesting because my, um, my colleague, Kate, who who works here at Heart of Business, and I were having this discussion the other time. It's like there there is a certain kind of quality to an entrepreneur. I don't feel like it's innate. I don't feel like it, it can't be learned. I certainly do think it can be learned. But it's... It's a little different than you think. I see this a lot with people coming out of corporate environments and then struggling to be entrepreneurs. And I come from an entrepreneurial family, and I I would struggle in a corporate environment just because it's not (laughs) learned for me. You know, I'm not not used to that kind of environment. I've never really been around people who – not been around, but, you know, close in. So the the quality – that we just, that we were kind of coming to is like, it's almost like a little bit downwardly mobile for somebody from a corporate environment, from like a white collar corporate environment to come into entrepreneurial world. Because the entrepreneurial world is one where it takes a lot of chutzpah, it takes a lot of, you know, your kishkas, your, you know, your guts, you gotta, you gotta be willing to do there there's there's no such thing as anything that's beneath you when you're an entrepreneur you know you're willing right. to clean the toilets you're willing to um do what needs to be done and um and there's not the same sense of status that can sometimes come from Corporate environments where you get a promotion and no and you no longer do that work, and now you're doing this higher level work It's like with entrepreneurial work you're doing the higher level work and you're doing a lot of nitty gritty on your hands and knees just getting things done that you know maybe you haven't touched since you were entry level at a at a corporation and so I think that there needs to be that sense of a willingness to engage with the marketplace engage with your clients and engage with your business in a very um uh feet on the ground manner and and that's something that i would really uh you know, invite people to open up to if they're looking at being. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like raising a child. You know, it's a, you may you know you may decide you know your taste may be the most elegant and refined, and yet when a child comes along, you're going to be changing some poopy diapers and spit up, and they're going to be throwing food on the floor, and you just have yeah. to. You know, your life, your 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 orientation to what is acceptable changes. I think in that way.
0: Right. Excellent. Well, thank you so much Mark for uh joining me today. It's been absolutely uh wonderful even just to have a brief chat with you. And yeah, um thank you. Yeah, and I'm I'm a big fan of of everything you do. You've got great books and great workshops and stuff and for people who would like to explore that, either starting their own business or maybe you've got your own business and you're, you know, something's missing or you want some help with some certain things, uh Mark Silver is at heartofbusiness.com. And, Mark, you have like the best tagline I've ever seen. Okay, so here it is. When you want to make a difference but need to make a profit. I just love that. <laughs> Thank you. It's Thank you. awesome. Yeah. Thanks again, Mark. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me.